You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, August 9th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more commonly, Just Baseball. Great website, check it out. Or maybe if you're a pop culture entertainment sort of geek, uh, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blight Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, most importantly, of this year Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, at LO underscore Padres, where there's all sorts of good memes and factoids and just, just good content on there about your San Diego Padres, or your host's account, at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Lately, I've been asking you guys to send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app, and if you do and you send a review in the description, I will read the review guaranteed, or, well, the review question, I guess I could say. Or if it's just a review, if you want to say some kind words or want a shout-out, you can do that too. Whatever. Whatever I can do for five-star reviews, I guess, on there. Um, Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Great podcast hosted by the walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, guys, just call him Sully, okay? Seriously, it's a big thing. Uh, Every day on Lockdown, I'll be for a unique look at both past and present with exciting guest interviews, check-ins from Lockdown, LB Network's team of local experts, uh, everything, basically everything of all baseball. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, it's a fun show today. Fun show, because I feel like there's actually a lot to say from this weekend, despite the fact that the Padres played against a, a uh, what's the word, uh, atrocious team, the worst team in the league in the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, going to be talking and recapping a bunch of those games, and then, you know, uh, vibing, I guess, on here's today's show, guys. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's start with Friday's game, though, which was the, the least happy game of the whole bunch. You know, you have the Padres kind of playing really mediocre lately. You have the whole trade deadline fiasco and whatnot. And also, I might add, I did write about the Padres recently on Just Baseball. I'm going to link in the description of the podcast that article, kind of working through my feelings about the Padres basically post-deadline and how it's it's complicated, my, my opinions on them. I'm not super down on them, but I'm not necessarily uber hopeful on them. I'm kind of like more mellow lately on the Padres. But anyway, I'm going to link that in the podcast description. You can read that. I was also on the Just Baseball show recently talking about the article and, you know, talk, kind of talking shit about the Dodgers fans, so you guys might enjoy that. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about Friday's game, which was a little bit unfortunate. Uh, coming off the loss against Oakland, which was a walk-off after Matt Olson hit a, a dinger and, you know, the shark, Mark Melanson, blew a save. Uh, it was really sad to see how uh, Friday's game went. Uh, Ryan Weathers in this game, uh, just just not great. And remember, this is the worst team in the league. This is in the L.A. Dodgers. He goes three innings, giving up six earned runs on seven hits. Jeez, Louise, walking one, striking out one. He has a 4.26 ERA right now. And here's the thing with Mr. Ryan Weathers, okay? When you like... When you take a little bit of a closer look, and here's the thing. He is only like 23 years old. The fact that he had produced at one point this year and was very productive for the team still deserves to be brought up. But uh, 
Oh my gosh, was he bad. And if you look at some of his just his his stats on MLB StatCast, which anybody could see it, average, average exit velocity, 16th percentile. Max exit velo, 19th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 18th percentile. Weighted on base, 14%. XERA, 14%. X batting average, expected batting average. I don't know why I'm saying X. X just sounds cooler. X gonna give it to you. Uh, uh, expected slugging. 16 barrel percentage 52 which is not you know awful strikeout percentage ninth <laughs> uh walk percentage basically bottom whiff percentage is at three chase rate at one basically uh you could argue that ryan weathers is era this year just the strict era was inflated by just a tad bit of luck and starting off really strong uh he was bad in this game he was absolutely atrocious in this game, and it sucks because the Padres struck first in this. Uh, a a, a, a two-run home run from Trent Grisham to start things off. Bottom second inning after Austin Nola managed to get on base. A Jake Cronenworth double that allows two more to score, including Ryan Weathers, by the way. And a sacrifice ground out from Will Myers. But then the badness starts. The Diamondbacks finish this game, guys, with 12 hits. And boy, did they get a whole bunch uh, in that top of the third inning and in the top of the fourth inning, Christian Walker, Pavin Smith, just a whole lot of singles. You could argue we got a little bit babbipped to death in this game, but even still, man, it's still the Diamondbacks. I don't care if you're getting babbipped. That's just awful. It's atrocious for you to start off that well, right? And all of a sudden, you're making this guy Widener over with the D-backs. Was it Widener in this game? No, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith. He's got a 5.48 ERA this year. He's not good. Uh, And making him somehow not get a loss in this game. So it was a really depressing game. And it kind of, you know, has a little bit to do with my article where Padres Twitter. And someone tweeted at me on on Friday night basically saying, like, they don't like how I refer to Padres Twitter and kind of belittle you guys and whatnot. And I I don't mean for it to come off that way. I am a very anti-snob person. You can ask any of the people that I know or people that know me specifically. Uh, I am a hater of snobbery. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I grew up with it around my life, in my family, and I can't stand it. I push away at it every chance I get. So if I've ever come off as being someone who seems like he's above you guys, I really don't mean that. I just like messing around and talking about how you guys do objectively overreact just a little bit sometimes. Uh, and that was kind of the case on Friday night, in my opinion. However, it's it's definitely justified because coming off that loss against Oakland, knowing you need to have uh, these wins. Because as I've mentioned, I mentioned last week's podcast that the Reds have one of the easier schedules uh, across baseball for the last bunch of weeks and months that we have, while the Pirates have one of the toughest. So this next stretch... Right, This next stretch that we have against the Diamondbacks, which has just been completed, and then against the Marlins, against the Diamondbacks for four, and then three against Colorado is huge. You need to get a little bit of a lead over the Reds because the Reds are coming, and the Reds are a pretty solid team. We're lucky that ownership is stingy over there and they didn't want to you know, commit and actually make important moves at the deadline. Very curious uh, strategy by the Cincinnati Reds. Just such a weird organization. They don't make any sense, uh, even though that team is, 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 in my opinion, very, very good. Um, for you to you know, come out in this game and just look completely lifeless. I know that it was eight to five at some point, but like it was only the top of the fourth. I was expecting them to get into their bullpen, considering that uh, Mr. Caleb Smith got gets taken out only one and a third innings into the game, and they're unable to win. So it was a really frustrating loss, and I talked about some of that frustration in my piece. And basically, my thing is, I think that sometimes Padres Twitter, you guys do overreact just a little bit, in my opinion. But the the points are fair. 
where, you know, I still do have the opinion that bottom line is that the Giants and Dodgers are great, and that doesn't necessarily equate to Padres playing bad. It just means that they're in a historically great division this year with the Dodgers and obviously the Giants being awesome. Uh, although I do have faith, hopefully, in next season that the Giants won't be able to replicate on this level because a lot of their guys are going to be free agents potentially. We'll see what happens with Chris Bryan, I guess. But I do think there are some of reactions. But let me tell you, I get it, man. They are just not competing against these these porous teams all that well sometimes. They're like, you should just be wiping out the D-backs. It shouldn't even be a contest. Or at least have a good amount of the games be like, okay, you lose a game every now and then. If this was the first time they had kind of had a bad loss like this, that's one thing. But it's not the first time. So I understand the, fr- the frustration. But alas, um, that's where we are. That's where we are, and especially with Tatis Hurt, especially with uh, Chris Paddock, with Denelson Lamette, with all these question marks. Uh, it's kind of an up-and-down team right now. Still, even still, even still, despite all that, I still think it's a good team, guys. they got 64 wins right now, and we're going to talk about those uh, other two wins. In just a second, though, before that, I need to talk to you guys about Stat Hero. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged, folks. It's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and especially more time. You don't stand a chance, but now you have Stat Heroes, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Your name, your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Uh, really cool stuff. Really good stuff at uh, Stat Hero. They show you their lineups and dares you to beat them, basically. You have to beat their lineups head to head fancy matchups it's really fun so guys go to stathero.com slash locked on sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first pay that's right 300 percent. that's unheard of go to stathero.com slash locked on guys stathero.com slash locked on all right guys we are back uh talking about these old padres ladies and gentlemen and these padres they're they're a wicked bunch because they have this really depressing loss on uh, Friday, to start off my weekend, no less. I mean, geez louise, what's going on? San Diego, what you got yourself into? Uh, but they do make a little bit of a comeback. They have a nice returning game here, and it was a big game, believe it or not. I know it doesn't sound like it was a, a huge game on the surface in terms of just in a vacuum as a game, but you uh, Darvish gets the start on Saturday. And you Darvish, I talked about this in the piece as well. I keep plugging my piece a whole lot. He's had an ERA of about 6.25 basically since uh, the whole sticky stuff uh, sort of cracked down. So he has not, not, not been good. Uh, and he's one of the big reasons that, uh, at least not the biggest reason, the biggest reason is Blake Snell, uh, who we will be getting into a little bit later, um, that the Padres were so expected to acquire a starting pitcher. Um, but he was good. On Saturday, the Padres win this game six to two behind a dominant start from you, Darvish. He goes seven innings, allowing two earned runs on four hits. The two runs coming from uh, early on in the game, actually, uh, top of the second inning, and a home run from Christian Walker. I know Christian Walker has a decent amount of power, but he homers uh, to deep left center, 432 feet on that one. Uh, just absolutely crushed it. It was just a ball that kind of hung in there, and the guy was just clearly waiting for it. It happens. Christian Walker has a decent amount of pop. He's not a great player, so it's still frustrating. But nonetheless, that was it for the rest of the game, and he only needed 93 pitches. Well, not only needed, but it's not like his pitch count got super up there. And he strikes out 12 and walked not a single batter. The interesting about part about Darvish over this kind of uh, 
you know, struggle some stretches, he still can rack up the K numbers every now and then. You know, I mean, even look back at, you know, a game like against the Philadelphia Phillies, who all of a sudden, after sweeping the Mets, are just here, by the way, uh, when he gave up four runs, he still struck out eight guys and only walked one. Like, I know he's been struggling, but the strikeout stuff and the movement on his pitches is still pretty good. Uh, and he showed it today. I know that it was... The Diamondbacks. I'm going to say that a lot this episode. I know it was the Diamondbacks. Bottom line is he'd been bad for a while, and it's nice to see him bounce back. His whip is now below one, which is a good sign. He does not give up a lot of hits. It's just that he gives up those those big hits, a little bit similar to Joe Musgrove. One of those, those pit, off-speed stuff kind of hangs up in the zone uh, with Darvish, kind of hangs in the middle of the zone, to be honest with you. But uh, he looks really good in this game. Drew Pomerantz technically gets the win, though. He makes an appearance, giving up one hit. No runs, no walks, nothing. Uh, and then Mark Melanson ends up uh, closing out the game. He does not get the save, technically, but it was nice. And in terms of offense, uh, man, our beloved, our beloved boy. Uh, Manny Machado started off the game, bottom of the first inning, with a solo home run. Eric Hosmer, the bane of all of our, our existences, he hits a home run to deep right. He gets talk about, talked about a lot in the piece as well. Machado then singles in uh, Adam Frazier, which was fun because Adam Frazier actually gets a uh, single, and then he steals second, which allows a uh, May Machado single to bring him home, which is fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked that, Um, I, I don't know, I just like when the small ball thing happens. Every now and then, don't get me wrong, I'm pro home runs. I'm not being one of those people. I'm not being one of those guys that says small ball is gone forever, and we need more Nick Madrigals of the world who only hit one home run a year but hit 314. No, I'm talking about just like, it was just a fun moment. And Adam Frazier, by the way, has not been great in his stint so far with the Padres. Uh, heading into yesterday's game, he had an average of 228 with a 298 on base. Not very good, not slugging the ball. But granted, only like 10 games that he's played for the Padres. So give it a little bit longer before we freak out. Before we freak out. But I'm not going to lie to you. I talked about this on the show. His BABIP extremely high. He's never been a porous batter. This has never been Isan Diaz of the Miami Marlins. Go look him up if you are curious to who that is and how bad he is. Arguably one of the worst players in all of Major League Baseball. But, um... You know, he's never had this ability of contact and this ability of whiff rate, right? Like this 99th percentile, him and Jake Cronenworth literally being the two best bats in the league when it comes to whiff rate. You just, when they swing, they hit the ball. Simple as that. Uh, and then Trent Grisham actually uh, is walked in that same inning, by the way, that Frazier scores after Jake Cronenworth is intentionally walked. Um, Osmer strikes out. Will Myers gets a single, but it's not enough for poor Manny, who almost gets tagged out, by the way, at third. That was scary. Uh, and it was weird because it's not like our third base coach was telling him to go. He told him to hold up, so that was a little bit weird. But then Austin Nola. Austin Nola, by the way, another guy that deserves to be talked about that we haven't talked about enough because I've mentioned that I think the Padres, their catching situation is okay for the time being and that I think Luis Campizano is arguably the prospect I want to give up the least just because that's a position I don't think we know for sure about. But uh, Austin Nola and Victor Caratini, just the fact that you basically have two B-minuses, two Bs, Potentially, maybe Austin Null, I think, is a little bit better because I think his defense is actually pretty good. He could throw out runners. Most importantly, though, he's a very good pitch framer, especially uh, last year. But he hasn't played a lot of games for the Padres this year. He's only played 28 games, so it's a little bit hard to view him. But in those 28 games, guys, I don't know if you guys knew this, he has a 292 batting average with a 404 on base percentage. Only a 389 slugging, which isn't great uh, at all. But that's good, man. Like, I'll take it for our catcher. You know what I mean? Especially if you have Victor Caratini on off days, if you could swap between the two, you like matchups, you want to go, you know, platoon splits. I love that. That's a really nice low-key advantage for the Padres. I'm very curious to see how Austin Nola kind of does for the second half of the season because we basically didn't have him at all. So it's been hard to gauge whether or not he's been good, bad, all that stuff. I talked about it preseason about are we sure Austin Nola is good enough? 
we haven't really seen yet. But as of right now, the total numbers, like I just mentioned there, not too bad, ladies and gentlemen. Not too bad at all. Um, but yeah, the Padres win this game 6-2. to two. It was nice, a nice bounce back. It looked a little bit scary at one point just because Darvish had to keep pitching and we're like, oh my God, the offense once again is a little bit, you know, lackluster and not scoring. But they, they came back. Look, um, here's what I'm going to say. The Phillies just the other day, as in yesterday, the day before you're hearing this podcast, um, the Phillies just won like their eighth in a row and they swept the Nationals who are a bad team. And then they beat the Mets, who are a struggling team. They swept the Mets, too. And the way I view it is this. If the Philadelphia Phillies, who we've been talking about, about how disappointing they are, just go ask the Philly fans. They've been freaking the hell out all year about all these, the blow-ups from the bullpen. They've been, you know, you know how we have all these freakouts about how we can't beat these bad teams? Philadelphia has had their share of miserable, unhappy, pain moments. They just ripped off an eight-game winning streak, and all of a sudden, they're in charge in the NL East. I know you could call it the NL East. I get that. But bottom line is this. Why can't that be the Padres right now? Why can't they rip off a nine-game winning streak? Hey, maybe they win 10 out of 13, whatever it is, right? I'm just saying, it's it's it just shows you that I think what happened was last year's baseball season was a sprint. This one's a marathon. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that the, the criticism isn't warranted. Believe me, I talked about Preller in my in my Just Baseball piece that I keep plugging. But I'm just saying, let's, uh, let, let, I'm just, I'm actually feeling a little, I'm, uh, I don't want to say optimistic because like I said, I am mellow about the team, about their prospects, but let's see. Let's see. We might see some guys have some positive regression. Darvish has been struggling. Look what he did. Blake Snell has been struggling. We're going to get to him in a little bit. Joe Musgrove has, has been on a roll and whatnot. Trent Grisham, Tommy Pham, they're starting to come back around. Maybe the whole team is coming back around, and they're going to look a little bit more like the fun, most exciting team in baseball that we know they can be and have been before. Uh, But before we talk about the rest of that stuff, guys, before we talk about my favorite thing of the podcast for today to talk about, let's talk about Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen. The best protein bars in all the land. They've got all sorts of things. They have a new Rocky Road flavored for limited time. They've got orange, strawberry, double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcio, cookies and cream, German chocolate. I can't even name all of them without running out of breath, guys. Just incredible stuff. A really wide variety of flavors. And, you know, they have everything for you, including, like I said, the limited time flavors like Rocky Road that pop up every now and then. But they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Sounds pretty good to me, guys. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15, guys, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, let's talk about something else really quickly, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Ladies and gentlemen, it is bet. Online baseball season is obviously in full swing. You got the second half. The Slam Diego Padres might be showing a little bit of sign in the life. Who knows? Uh, and also, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info on not just your Padres and all your baseball needs, but also the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. You know, mixed martial arts action. They've got you covered. Before the next pitch from Joe Musgrove tonight, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into 
to the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code locked on, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, my fine ladies and fine gentlemen, let's talk about Sunday's game, which was. Uh, certainly the most encouraging game of the weekend. Despite what the final score said, uh, 2-0. It wasn't a super exciting game, but nonetheless, there was a lot to take apart from it. Right, so let's let's just get right into it, guys. Let's talk about it. First of all, the offense. Right, like I said, not much happened in this game. It's kind of the least exciting. So let's talk about that first. Uh, it starts off bottom first after Adam Frazier hits a double. I was just talking crap about him earlier, but like I said, way too early of a sample size to decide whether or not he's going to be bad or not. I am still a little bit worried that he could be a bad guy and that this might have just been his ultimate first half season type of thing. But nonetheless, he does hit a double here, and then Jake Cronenworth singles him in. The Cronin God in this game also makes an incredible play over at shortstop throwing a guy out go look up on the Padres Twitter feed obviously this is an audio medium so I can't you know you have to look it up for yourself but it was amazing and Don Orsillo said it best we are in the crone zone ladies and gentlemen this was a Jake Cronenworth like masterpiece you know what I mean it was absolutely beloved you know he's a master of just you know destruction and he just painted his masterpiece ladies and gentlemen he also hits a solo home run to deep right center in the bottom of the fourth inning home runs for jay cronenworth on the year by the way uh kind of somewhat exceeding my expectations He's got 15 on the year, or 16, I forgot if this is counting, uh, today's. Uh, he hadn't hit a home run since uh, July 31st against Colorado. But basically, you know, his slash line is basically borderline identical to last year. Last year is 285, 354, 477. This year it's 276, 349, 467. Basically the same guy, and I've compared him before to Ben Zobrist, and that's what he feels like. Making plays all over the place at first base, at second base, most of the time at second base, but then at shortstop. Like, it's just really, really great to see. It was a, it was a hell of a play. So go look that up. It was a big, big Jake Cronenworth game. The Cronin God kind of showing us why he has been ranked as one of the best assets in all of baseball. The fact that they don't have to give him a hefty sum, that he's under club control. Really a true diamond in the rough. The needle in the haystack. Uh, just, just, man. Just awesome. Or the hay in the needle stack, uh, if you want to use a SpongeBob reference there. But the big thing I want to talk about, guys, is Mr. Blake Snell. You know why I want to talk about him? Oh. Oh, you know exactly why. Because there was a sighting, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, there was a sighting of the Snellzilla, ladies and gentlemen. In this game, Blake Snell, seven innings, no earned runs, only two hits, walked three, which isn't awful, including a walk of Madison Bumgarner. He retired eight in a row, and then he decided to walk Madison Bumgarner, which was annoying, but whatever. I know Bumgarner kind of likes to hit, so it's not the easiest pitcher to batter uh, in the world, but still, only allows two hits, like I said, and strikes out 13, which is tied for a career high. He goes 108 pitches in this game. The dominant start was so dominant, in fact, that he lowered his ERA from 5.24 to 4.86. Now, let's talk about it. Let's break it down a little bit. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. In this game, positives and negatives, right? Blake Snell has been a disaster all year. He's one of the reasons that the Padres are so desperate for a starting pitcher, basically single-handedly. And for him to make this start, I know what you might be thinking. That oh, was the Diamondbacks. Who cares? I agree. Diamondbacks are the worst team in baseball by a substantial margin. They're quite off. They can't hit. They've got no bullpen. They've got no starters outside of Zach Gallen. And he's kind of had a little bit of an injury uh, sort of year. You know what I mean? He's, he's trying to get his footing every now and then. 
And that's basically all they have. So they're they're a mess. And then you're like, okay, of course he has a good start. But still, I mean, Blake Snell has not had good starts against some bad teams before. I mean, against the 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 Nationals, he gave up four. Against Oakland, he gave up seven and in four innings. Which I mean, Oakland's good in fairness, but you know, he's he's had some disasters before. Remember back on June sixteenth when he gave up seven runs to the Rockies? Like this can this can happen. But I'm wondering, you know, after last start and this start, we've seen an actual mechanical change. He's been using his four-seam fastball and slider almost exclusively compared to his previous starts. Let me let me just break it down for you. Uh, in today's start against the D-backs, he only threw two curveballs. Curveballs. Wow, I cannot speak today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he threw a, uh, only two curveballs and only one changeup. Crazy, right? And then the rest of his pitches, the rest of those 108 pitches that he had, 53 sliders and 52 four-seam fastballs. Yeah. And get this, on the slider, he was looking like Denelson Lamette when he's healthy, ladies and gentlemen. 19 whiffs on those 53 sliders. That's good, ladies and gentlemen. That is real, real, real good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's juicy stuff, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that is genuinely exciting, okay? Maybe this is a, a genuine mechanical change. We've been talking about how Larry Rothschild has been a mess for the team, and that maybe his the fact that Chris Paddock goes from being Rookie of the Year uh, candidate to being you know an absolute disaster, and that Blake Snell goes from a Cy Young guy to World Series beast to all of a sudden being the worst pitcher in the league, that we want to blame Larry Rothschild. Well, I think it's fascinating that he only went four seam fastball and slider. Is that what he's going to do for the rest of the year? I don't know. Again, it is the Diamondbacks. But unlike previous OK starts where I've been like, all right, hopefully he can keep it up. That's usually, I put my hands in the air and I say, hopefully he can keep it up. Uh, unlike those starts, actual tangible evidence that there could be something on the horizon. The one thing I have said about Blake Snell all year is that he's been so bad that I at least expect him to return to, eh, like average instead of, ooh, you know, ghastly stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know for sure, but this would be a big boost for the team if they can get a, a bit more out of Blake Snell he can cut and stop nuking our bullpen every time we have to put him out there. I'm rooting for him because he's fun. I liked seeing his reaction after Kurt of God uh, made the great stop at shortstop. He said, damn, like, he was like one of those. Uh, he was having fun. I love that old rap video of him that looks, it's so cheesy and ridiculous, but I'm really genuinely a big fan of Blake Snell. So I hope that the Snellzilla, at least in some form, uh, will be making appearances throughout the rest of the season. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but that's basically it from this weekend, guys. That's basically it. I hope you enjoyed my recap of everything. It was fun, as always. I want to talk about now just two last things. Uh, but first, before we talk about those two last things, let me just talk to you really quickly about the Locked On Bets podcast, everybody. Betting on the Padres or whoever, you know, maybe the if you were betting on the Mets this weekend, RIP to you. But uh, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to do that, guys. They don't miss on there. Trust me. They're really good gambling advice guys over there. Um, but in terms of the last two things I wanted to mention, quickly just want to mention that the fan that, you know, I'm not going to say where you can find the video or whatnot. I imagine you'll find it anyway. That was caught. You could hear it on the broadcast to Luis Brinson of the Marlins shouting the N-word at him while he was in the batter's box. Has no place in the sport. And unfortunately, unfortunately, race... Uh, I hate to say it, but like, let's just say baseball hasn't, you know, hasn't been as welcoming 
to minority groups, especially black people. Uh, so hopefully the Rockies deal with this swiftly and justly. And I imagine that everybody listening to this agrees with this. Get him out of here. Ban him. Same guy um, that got in trouble for throwing the ball at, or what was it, through, was it through a ball at Alex Verdugo a couple weeks ago at Yankee Stadium who got banned for life? This guy should be banned for life too. No question about it. So that does not belong in baseball. It does not belong anywhere. It is trash. It is garbage. And I hope he, I hope he gets what's coming to him. I really do. I hope he gets banned for life. Um, and I'm just saying, guys, this sport, uh, you know, as much as I love it, it often doesn't show uh, as much love to its uh, minority uh, communities. That's what I'll say on that. And in terms of on the more positive light of things, and speaking, and also a positive guy, uh, Ulysses Sembrano of Locked On Rays going to be having a really fun crossover, guys. We talk about Blake Snell, and it's funny because it's actually a little bit timely given the the really great start that he had, but we talk about what his struggles have been this year. We talk a little bit about the Rays, and then we talk about how... We think that the Rays, there are some things that they're doing that's good for baseball, some things not. Whether it's true that they are really one of those teams that wins all these trades, we break it down. It's really just a fun conversation. I really want to talk to Ulysses. He's never been on the show before, even though I've known him for a while. I genuinely think you guys are going to like it. I'm also going to be doing my game recaps uh, for the next two days for sure, but that'll be kind of the bookend of it that you guys have to look forward to. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully you look forward to that. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. If you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app with a question in the review section, and I guarantee you will be answered on the show. Go read my article in the podcast description below at JustBaseball.com. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.